Jurgen Klopp's farewell tour at Liverpool has begun with a bang. Two home games in league and cup, two wins, nine goals scored. On Sundays, a bit of a tougher test as the Reds visit title rivals Arsenal. But they did recently win at the Emirates in the FA Cup. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. No need for a farewell tour when it comes to my top tipping team. They are all locked into punishingly long and low-paid contracts. We're going to start uh, with Mark O'Hare, who's been busy in the bet cave all week. Uh, Mark, Liverpool, I thought, utterly overwhelmed Chelsea on Wednesday. I get that they could easily have given away a couple of penalties, so I can understand why Chelsea fans might be sore about that. But as Mauricio Pochettino said afterwards, they were just way better than us. Very much so, yeah. It was, it was quite um, quite an eye-catching performance from Liverpool. I expected them to, to put in a strong performance and, and win the game, but probably not in that dominant fashion. Uh, very, very impressive. And it leads them on nicely for the weekend, really, for what is uh, an enormous game. Um, I don't think it's an easy betting heat either, but um, I think the first point of interest I had here was, was Arsenal being chalked up around 2.2 in exchange. And, you know, ordinarily, if you look at that price, it suggests that the market makes Arsenal... Very, very, very slightly, but still very slightly the better team of the two. Um, as it has done throughout the season, actually, these two teams uh, have been rating very very similar, but Arsenal have tended to have the edge. And that's largely down to the underlying metrics because Arsenal and uh, Manchester City have been leading the way in terms of expected points and expected goals process throughout the campaign. And, and as we always say, if the market rated these two teams equal, Arsenal would have been closer to 2.3, 2.25-ish. So it was only very slightly, but it did pique my interest a little bit because um, either way, we're expecting this game to be very close, I assume, uh, between two teams of, of very similar ability. We've both praised and criticised, I think, Arsenal, Liverpool and City throughout the season at various junctures. And, you know, I think all three are still very much a cut above the rest right now. But um, I think it's quite telling that the matches between the three teams have been very tight. Um, Liverpool held City 1-1 at the Etihad. City were the better side that day, but even still ended 1-1. They also drew 1-1 with Arsenal at Anfield. Arsenal started brilliantly and then obviously Liverpool got the better of the last 70 minutes in that game. And Arsenal beat City 1-0 at the Emirates and Arsenal were, were very, very good that day. Um, so as much as I want this match to kind of explode into something quite special, quite exciting, I just wonder whether the old tradition of big six teams playing out kind of tight matches is kind of back in vogue, really. And because defeat for, for either team could be a mini disaster, but especially for Arsenal, if they were to lose this fixture, you could almost say they're out of the title race. Um, and we're it's only eight just points into then, February. isn't it? If they lose to Liverpool, it's an eight-point gap between the two, right? Yeah, yeah. So going, kind of going back to the point there, Arsenal haven't been the same sort of swashbuckling side from last year. Arteta has tried to firm them up, solidify them, make them more robust for the title challenge. Um They've bounced back pretty well recently, having gone through some pretty tough times around Christmas time and early December, but they had some decent rest in January. They always command respect at the Emirates, yet Liverpool have only lost once all season, which is still quite a, a hell of an achievement, really. Um, they ended the game with nine men. <laughs> and yes. only lost it right at the end. <laughs> yes. Um, so, 
Yeah, it's a game I'm really looking forward to. I think it's incredibly hard to find a really strong betting angle from all the traditional markets. Um, you know, the Premier League is the most efficient in world football in terms of a, bet- a betting price. You're very rarely going to find a, a sort of standout blockbuster of a of a price in in the major markets. You know, there's never going to be sort of gifts or errors really in the in the standard markets. But but just a bit of interest, I was considering kind of combining a couple of correct scores, um, basically tying in both teams to score and the draw. Um, the draw kind of corresponds with what I was talking about earlier in terms of tight games against uh, the top teams. It comes in around 4.5, I think, um, or, or might be a little bit less than that. But uh, if you include both teams to score, so effectively backing the 1-1 and 2-2, the 1-1 is trading at 8.2, the 2 point. The 2-2 is trading at 14.0. So if you dutch those two prices together, you'd basically be getting about at least a 4-1 to price, possibly a bit bigger than that. So um, that kind of appeals to me, really. Um, this game does have a history of goals. 13 of the last 17 meetings have seen both teams score. Um, five of those 17 matches actually ended in draws as well. So tiny samples, of course, but that kind of gives you... Um, a bit of value based on previous head-to-head records. Um, but yeah, it's basically back in the 1-1 and 2-2 and just, just trying to have a bit of fun really with the game at, at bigger prices because I can't really pick a winner out of this game. I think it's it's so, so tight. Um, both teams have got a lot to lose if they weren't to pick up maximum points with Bad City breathing down their necks and, and sort of finding form themselves. So uh, really excited, really looking forward to it, but uh, it's not a game I'm going to have a very strong view on. Trader, tipster and three-time European Salsa champion Emmett O'Keefe <laughs> with us once again. Uh, Emmett, Arsenal had a serious wobble, as Mark's alluded to. Back-to-back wins in the league. I'm really intrigued, as Mark alluded to it there. So Mikel Arteta's taken this kind of carefree, swashbuckling team. They are a lot more robust now, but has he kind of crushed that that flower, that delicate flower? Are they not quite as sparky in attack as they once were? They definitely aren't. Yeah, um, I think it's it's kind of like Mark 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 mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Just the the kind of open play goal stats. Like if you look at it, like Arsenal's open play goal stats are kind of are, are bottom half of the Premiership. Like, but kind of in, in there with like of Burnley and Burnley and Fulham, Liverpool have scored double the number of goals, nearly double the number of goals in open play as Arsenal, and it's kind of Arsenal are relying on their. Set piece, a lot of their kind of set piece prowess that they've scored more goals from set piece than any other team. But generally, we would say statistically that kind of set piece, like that, that strength in set pieces is, is not that sustainable. You don't generally see the te- the same teams being the best at set pieces year on year, or even from one half of the season to the next. So there is there is a kind of a fragility to that to those that statistic. I would say, and. There is again; it's a small sample, but there is a bit of evidence that Liverpool have potentially taken, or have kind of moved up a level since Christmas. Like their three res- performances since Christmas, two of which came without Alexander Arnold and Salah. Now they scored four goals against Newcastle, four goals against Bournemouth, four goals against Chelsea, and all of those were the Bournemouth game in terms of like their xG wasn't as was high as that, but the Chelsea and 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 Newcastle games their xG was those those those, those they, they could even have scored potentially more more than those four goals specifically in, in in the Newcastle game. But of those performance, I thought Bournemouth was the best of the three, like because I think we've seen. Yeah. Newcastle collapse away from home against kind of top level opposition. We've seen Chelsea. Obviously, there's a lot of volatility to Chelsea, and then collapse again against against good opposition. Whereas Bournemouth came into that game in red hot form, playing superb superb football, and kind of 
being competitive against some of the kind of better teams in the league. And Liverpool really controlled that game and like barely gave and and like Bournemouth very few shots and kind of and, and, and to be honest surprised me by how how well they won the game and the kind of to show the control they have even with with Turo Endo absent at, at, at the Asia Cup I think it has been impressive maybe Alexis McAllister has probably I think played a bit better in the well, whole he was tremendous field. against Bournemouth I thought because yeah. even though Liverpool Liverpool kind of controlled a lot of the first half with McAllister spraying the ball around and fighting fires in midfield but they just didn't quite have that quality in the final third and then second half they just blew them away didn't they yeah and as well I think we kind of we've mentioned this throughout the season but like if Liverpool win the title this year they can thank their friends in Saudi Arabia because the the kind of the, the revamp of that midfield aided by aided by the Saudi Premier League has just been has changed Liverpool's season like there is zero chance Liverpool will be as good as they are if Jordan Henderson and Fabinho were still lining out I would have been extremely difficult to get anyone bar Saudi Arabia to pay a transfer fee for the terrible contracts that Henderson and, and Fabinho had if you look at that Liverpool midfield last night like the I was Alexis McAllister, Curtis Jones leveled up. He looks like a a, a live England squad contender. Look, a, 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 a legitimately very good Premier League midfielder. I think Dominic Sabasta is an outstanding player. They've they they they've Endo to come back. They've Har- Harvey Elliott in, in reserve. They're kind of like that midfield has gone from like Probably by bad. far their weakest area, and as well, well an area that was having a knock on effect. We we saw because of that terrible the Liverpool's terrible terrible midfield last year Virgil van Dijk had his, had his worst ever season at the club Alexander-Arnold was having a terrible time defensively because Liverpool couldn't stop the flow of attacks so it's just it, it's that, that that area just a knock on effect in all areas of their team and we're seeing now van Dijk's probably having his best season in in in, in a couple of years and Alexander-Arnold's having a brilliant season so it's just that that kind of that mid mid, mid midfield area is is so so crucial to kind of to, to Jurgen Klopp team, and that's the area I'm kind of looking for a bet here. Like I would lead Liverpool at, at the match prices, but as Mark said, it's it's kind of a difficult game to call, and I do think Arsenal really struggle to play against those teams that play play the low blocks and their attack can look very clunky. It looks it looks quite robotic. I, I kind of find it's just kind of pass it wide, pass it across, and it is that they aren't really getting those kind of third man runs to midfield like like you'd see from a Gundogan or a Sabaslai where that midfield is really a goal threat that, that they really lack that I find and especially if you have a kind of a Jesus who's struggling for goals and Martinelli who's kind of struggling for goals you need you need more they need more goal production shot production from the midfield and they're not really getting that um, it feels like so- a lot of it's on the wingers right a lot of it's on Saka a lot of it's on Martinelli and Gabriel Jesus has never been that 20 goal a season man that's just not what he brings Arteta likes what he brings but it isn't that and it never has been so you are kind of really relying on like you say Erdegaard's come up with a fair few and then the wingers really and set pieces yeah I, I think like I think they probably have to just risk a bit more and risk their midfield emptying and risks risk more counterattacks against them to get that to get numbers in the box and just increase 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 for that shot output because if those goals in open play statistics continue there's no chance Arsenal or win the league that's that's the reality so I am intrigued to see how much Arteta will risk one angle as well to look in play as well is just some of the second half statistics again this probably isn't that surprising. Just, but I just talked about the players Liverpool have in reserve, and obviously in attack they the likes of kind of Cody Gakpo. Obviously Mo Salah is absent, but if he if he was fit, and they had maybe Nunez or Yara coming off the bench, that that just that's just a real strength of the team. 
and it's just interesting to look at some of the second half statistics. Like if you if if games in that finish at half time in the Premier League this season, Liverpool will be Liverpool will be fourth in the league. But just on the second half statistics, Liverpool have seven points more than any other team in the Premier League. Wow. Liverpool's goal difference is plus twenty four in the second half. The second best that second best that statistic is Arsenal is plus sixteen. So that that just shows you, like the Liverpool actually have better. Like you you could never imagine this. Liverpool have better are a pretty better bench than Man City, which again you could never have said in year in years past. And I think that just going into this game, and obviously they've Andy Robertson potentially back. Like they've um, he 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 might start on the bench. Like so, you've, and and they they've Connor Bradley is an option to come in the, off the bench there, presuming Alexander Arnold get, gets back in. So that's just if it's if it's like if it's twenty minutes to go, and and the game is level here. Like I, I would definitely, I, I would definitely be looking at at at, at, at Liverpool if if you're if if you're kind of betting in play. I just think they've like Arsenal with like Eddie and Ketier, Reese Nelson. It's just not this. It's just not the same level 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 of player coming on. I think that ultimately might kind of doom Arsenal's title hopes. But just from a bet builder point of view, and just the the player prop that stood out to me is the aforementioned Curtis Jones to to have to have a shot on target. I think at at two to one, he's had twelve shots in his last six starts. He's had a shot on target at three of his last four matches. I think even against Arsenal, I still expect him to get forward. He's a very very attacking player. I think I think just I think you like a player in these shot on target markets that will have that volume of shots. So he, yeah. we should he, we should at least get one or two shots from Jones. Which will give gives a chance this bet to click. Yeah, I must admit I've been startled by just how quickly Curtis Jones has hit this new level because I wasn't sure if it was quite going to happen for him even though he was still a very young player I just wondered when he was going to make that leap and he's done it very very impressively now we know injury time goals can be a pain in the pocket if they ruin your bets and now you've got 90 minute payout to rescue you if the clock hits 90 minutes and you've got the right result as it stands your bet wins when the match ticks into injury time T's and C's in the description 18 plus begambleaware.org. Manchester United face West Ham on Sunday at time of recording. We don't know how either team got on in their Thursday night matches. Mark, what drew you to this one? Just another chance to oppose Man United, really. Um, <laughs> sorry, Emma. Um, yeah, I mean, I put the boot into them pretty hard before the Wolves game, and I might made to be might be made to look a little bit silly um, by the time this uh, goes out. But um, I've not got a huge amount extra to say really on United, bar what I've already covered. Really, I just don't really fancy them around one point eight or below. Um, now the bulk of their best work this season has been achieved against teams kind of below the below themselves in the Premier League standings. Uh, they've already failed to win five of eleven at Old Trafford this season. None of their six wins, I believe, have been completely convincing at Old Trafford. They've only managed two clean sheets at home, and six teams have gone to Old Trafford and scored at least twice, um, which is really quite telling. Really, I've got them twelfth on expected points at home, uh, similarist for for XG process. Um, so it's not like they've been unlucky or unfortunate. They've just not been very good. Um, so, yeah, I, I think West Ham can be or will be a tough nut to crack. Um, United suffered massively against Bournemouth, Palace, even Luton and Forest um, and Brentford at, at Old Trafford. Uh, teams of similar ilk, really, who are capable of kind of battening down the hatches and and playing pretty solid, uh, controlled football. Um and I think all sides kind of adopt a similar-ish approach to West Ham, who will come here, set up pragmatically, look to try and frustrate, play on the counter-attack and, and utilise those set-piece weapons. It worked 
pretty well uh, this season so far. Only six defeats overall. Uh, they've had a couple of off days away from home, but for the most part, they've been compact. They've been very competitive and they do offer a threat in the final third. And, and the team news is positive too, providing they don't have any major issues on, on Thursday night. They've got Bowen back, Aguied back, is back, Kudus is back, Antonio, Alvarez. So Bar Paqueta, they won't be far off their best 11, really. And look, Paqueta is a blow, but even still, I think West Ham to avoid defeat here with a, a half goal start at two 16 on the exchanges is nice. They are the data defiers this season. They are massively overachieving if you look at the, the numbers, but I put most of that down to their style really under Moyes, which is to contain and counter and excel at set pieces. So they do concede a lot of shots. They do concede a lot of territory, but uh, they have been making the most of their opportunities. They won't fear going to United and um, yeah, I think they can impose themselves and pick up something from that game. But um I do have a secondary selection here too. Um, it's Manchester United to win over 6.5 corners at 1.85, um, which is, you know, they might be pretty middling at everything else, but United have been brilliant at winning corners. Um, only the top three are averaging more corners than United, 6.38. And the bulk of that damage is done at Old Trafford. They've won seven corners or more in 10 of their 11 home games, averaging wow. 8.64. Um, so yeah, West Ham are conceding 7.64 per game on their travels. As I say, just just their style um, allows them to, allows opposition sides to rack up the corners against them. Seven of their 11 hosts have won seven corners or more six of those have wrapped up eight or more and uh, yeah I think it's well within United's range to, to collect seven corners or more so I, I did like that price too Is this just Anthony booting the ball against fullbacks shins and going out <laughs> for a corner is this what it is Yeah well they, they do play with wingers quite quite um, out and out wingers so um, you know obviously we don't know about Rashford's availability but um, ideally if he plays he's a, he's a good asset for corners um, you've got you know all across the front line they do get shots away Bruno Fernandes from distance and so on so um, yeah I think uh, I put up United on a, a sort of corner based handicap when they hosted Spurs recently and it lost but United racked up about 11 or 12 corners so yeah. I'm just going <laughs> just going to keep it simple with the, the yeah. plain United to win seven or more yeah it's interesting you mentioned about West Ham being data defiers. I was prepping something else, actually, and just happened to know I was looking at post-shot XG for goalkeepers. Ariola's right up there with the best keepers in the league this season. Like some Something like plus three or plus four or something like that. He's been excellent so far this season. Just, uh, just, just, just one, one, one oh. quick point, United. I just, I just, I just, I just lambast them for 30 I seconds. I see you uh, slumping just, <laughs> yeah, as, yeah, yeah, just as time went on. <laughs> d- 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 delusional United fans like me were hoping that the kind of two-week uh, break they had might kind of see kind of a ch- style of play and Sandra Martinez coming back I was just like I was thinking of what does Eric Ten Hag have to lose here like why don't at least try play a high press try and try and go down playing the type of football he tried to play at Ajax instead of this kind of reactive counter-attacking bilge where you're getting dominated but like then they went to Newport because he did 17 shots and 7 shots on target to Newport (laughs) the first choice team so my my level of hope is low and I'm at the stage where I'm like yeah I'm Watch even watching United game live is like a penance at this point. So yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'll even watch. I'll even watch this point this weekend. Saturday show you were tipping up United to qualify for Europe. Yeah, yeah isn't like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 the okay. oh, isn't it, isn't that they're part of a chasing pack. Isn't this? Yes. I always all all faint hope, but in, in yeah, logically, yeah. this this a team going nowhere and, and kind of. And, and a kind of a kind of a probably a, a, a lame duck manager given given the new Ineos regime. For all we know, they might have won 4 0 at Molyneux. Who knows? They might have been absolutely brilliant and played Wolves off the park. I, I don't think so. 
I don't think that's what happened. But we don't know. Such is the nature of podcasting and the time travel involved. Uh, Brentford have got Manchester City. Um, Emmett, the Bees have had some successes against City in the past. Are they going to here? Or wouldn't have thought that's an easy game going to the GTEC with Ivan Tony scoring goals? No, but I just think there's there's cause a bit of evidence that Brentford are really on the downgrade, that this isn't the kind of the the really obvious Brentford team that have been such a kind of a hard opposition for the kind of better teams of the Premier League. They've kind of lost six, they've actually lost six of their last seven Premier League matches. I think the long-term absences of Rico Henry and Brian and Buemo started to take an effect. They're definitely two of Brentford's most important players. They lost uh, Onyeka, Godos, and crucially, Jan Vissa Afcon, who like yeah. likely be absent this weekend. I just think, and I think that this Brentford team are, prob- are probably in need, in, need, in need of reinforcements. So they were interested in kind of Jewsbury uh, Hall from Leicester. But I think they're, they're a team that could probably do with injection and quality before the end of the window. I'm not sure, I'm not sure, not sure if they're going to get it. And I just, I, 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 I'd like to, I'd like, to, I'd like to oppose them here. With, with Man City, you haven't, or just, or just the total machine. They haven't really felt much the loss of Erling Haaland at all. Kevin Kevin De Bruyne is back and is obviously playing out playing outstanding football. But the way I'd like to get City on side here would be City to win and over two two point five goals in the Bet Builders is just coming out just over five to six. All of City's wins away wins this season have come with with over two and a half goals. They haven't been quite as solid defensively, but I think that that's even if that 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 gets us with the kind of the Man City hammering or maybe a slightly less convincing 2-1 City win that'll yeah. that, that'll cover us for this bet and I'm fairly confident City can get the job done against the struggling Brentford team and finally let's take it to the south coast Bournemouth in action against Nottingham Forest Mark neither team safe from the drop we don't know what's going to happen to Forest with these Premier League charges of course but Bournemouth have got themselves a bit of a cushion and they look a far more cohesive team don't they than Forest at the moment yeah they definitely do um, interesting game here because Bournemouth are well fancied by the market as you, we've kind of come to expect really uh, expecting goals as tends to be the way in, in Bournemouth matches under Iriola 14 of the last 17 have, have featured three goals or more and Considering they're facing a Forest side also desperately in need of the points with a, a charge hanging over them, um, I think both will be at it. I think both will, will look to play front foot football, but the market is already well over that with the total goals element already pretty much priced up beyond our, um, you know, beyond sort of backable prices really. So, you know, I was jesting there to Emmett about Manchester United, but kudos to him because um, I'm going to talk up his his preseason banger, which was uh, Dominic Solanke in the top goal scorer markets. Oh, he yes. is six. He is six to four to score in this game, two point five, uh, and that is a, a really attractive price to me. Um, there has been transfer speculation this week linking him with a fifty million pound move to Spurs, but it is just speculation. That is not going to happen. I'd be stunned if this goes out and it, it, it's a done deal on deadline day. Um, just can't see it happening. Signed the if contract it does extension. Happen, you'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll resign. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he signed a new deal last September, I think, which goes until 2027. I think he'll be there till till May, really. Um, but he's putting himself into the contention, really, uh, for England um, at the Euros, the way he's going. Um, he's really, really thriving under Iriola. So coming into this weekend, he is the top-scoring Englishman in the Premier League with 12 goals. He's also had multiple attempts at goal in 18 of 20 starts in the Premier League. 
He's averaging a very, very decent 0.56 XG per 90, which for me makes that 6-4 quite appealing, considering he's also on penalties uh, and some set pieces too. So, uh, And I think the bet really sort of rounds off by by looking at Forrest, who, as we know, are battling the drop. Um, but yeah, they could be receiving a, a points penalty at some stage. And, you know, that kind of heightens their, their situation and these well, obviously allows them to, or requires them to play much more uh, front foot and trying to win football matches rather than scrape points here and there because we just don't know the damage of those charges. But um, yeah, they have been a little bit more kind of fluent going forward under Nuno. Um, they do have the tools to, to play out and hurt Bournemouth, but ultimately too, that defensively, I think they are very gettable. Just the three Premier League clean sheets or season they've conceded twice or more in seven of 11 away days and they're giving up 1.86 xg per game on their travels uh, which isn't a great figure at all so Solanke the obvious target there at six to four stands out that's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Later this month, we're going to see the return of our Champions League preview shows. So watch out for those. Loads of good preview content on our website as well, betting.betfair.com. Remember, all of our shows are now on our YouTube channel for non-racing content. So make sure you like and subscribe from Emmett, from Mark and from me. It's goodbye for now.